Hello, Eleanor. Hello. Um, I used to be a lead maternity carer midwife, and I suffered from burnout and actually decided to give it up and go back into working for a DHB, which I still do today. Mm. Um, I think the hub idea can be quite a good idea, serving rural areas, but it always should have some emergency services available, such as the basics, in the way of IV fluids to run through, through if somebody has to birth there. Yep, IV fluids. they can't get somewhere. Yep. Um, and also oxygen for both the baby and the mother. Yes. Um, not all LMCs will carry emergency equipment in their car. You will carry it if you're going to a home birth but you don't always carry it if you're going about your everyday postnatals or antenatal visits. Can I, can I ask you a question, Eleanor? Eleanor, I need to ask you a question yeah. here. Um, can a average GP perform a cese emergency caesarean? No, not at all. Can a midwife perform a caesarean? No, not at all. Got to be an obstetrician. It has to be somebody who's suitably qualified, but you also need to have somebody to provide an anaesthetic. Yes. You can't just take a, a sharp table knife and, and stab and hope to be able to um, stop the hemorrhage. It's, it's a highly skilled job. Yep. And midwives and obstetricians work very, very closely together. We complement each other. Uh, I've got another question uh, for you, because it's been a while since we had babies and uh, all this stuff, you know, the horror, it disappears out of your head. Um, are caesareans mostly predictable? Uh, how many are emergency which are unpredictable? You never know. I couldn't put a percentage on it, and it varies from hospital to hospital, and it varies according to the type of um, the ethnicity, the local um, get-up-and-go sort of spirit. Um, a lot of our rural mums are very um, sort of practical and very determined women who do very well with a birthing centre. However, you never know what's going to go wrong in a pregnancy no. or, or in the labour and birth. You can be absolutely fine with everything, get the baby out, baby's absolutely, absolutely fine and mum starts hemorrhaging. You, you just don't know when, it, when it's going to happen. It's not the midwife has done something wrong or an obstetrician's done something wrong. It's just a high-risk medical situation. And it's not because anybody does things wrong. Sometimes things just happen. And you, you don't see them coming up sometimes, and sometimes you do. Now, Rob joins me from Lumsden. Hello, mate. I understand there used to be a maternity centre there. They did. And there they still should be. Now it's a hub. What's the difference? The hub is just a word. And, and yeah, I mean, the, the hub to me is nothing more than what you've got at home. Um, now that they've got oxygen, a little bit more. But it's, it's just a, it's a glorified word, basically. And they've destroyed something that was a, a world-class facility. So they reckon it costs 400000 a year to run. And there's 38 births a year. Yeah, see, you mentioned 38 births. There's, there's actually more than that that goes on too. And, and like with my story, I've got two two young kids and um, both of them were born by emergency caesareans. So we weren't able to birth in Lumsden, but the postnatal, which is what you're referring to um, just before as well, that postnatal care, we went to, with our, with our last daughter, we went to Lumsden straight after being um, being born in the Bacargill. And 
that postnatal care that we got was it was just it was amazing and it it, it saved us all there was stuff that wasn't picked up with with our daughter in Invercargill that was picked up she ended up with jaundice and we had trouble feeding and for the mental well-being of of the whole family um, being able to be in a place like Lumsden where you're getting that round-the-clock care by the same people and you're close to home as well it was um it was, it was actually necessary, but it was so, so good, and we just couldn't fault it. Mm. Okay, so um, how was it sold to the people of Lumsden, by the way, when, when you know David Clark comes riding in and says from April, this is now a hub? Was it sold like, hey, here's a brand new world, or was it sold like um, quietly? You know, like- well, that's one of my biggest, my biggest issues with all of this, is it, is it wasn't really, the, the consultation didn't exist. They had one sort of public meeting, which... Um, they, they didn't sell it very well at all, and, and the public meeting was fairly um, fairly intense. But mm. it's because we can see what um, well, how it's not going to work. And, and David Clark, I wish he would come running into town because we requested him to come into town many times and come and meet with us, um, and, and he refuses to come. And we want these people that are making these decisions to actually come and see the repercussions and actually see for themselves. Um, What's actually involved, but mm. they they don't um, actually front up and. Um, do and do you blame Do you blame uh, David Clark? Now I, I say this because I've got a lot of people, um, probably from the left, from the telephone tree, have just got stuck in recently, who said, "Well, you know, who's to blame for the underfunding of maternity services? Which government is to blame?" But I'm thinking to myself, the Lumsden decision happened in April of this year, so it's not like, and this is before the the budget. You know, it's not like uh, Mr. Clark didn't have a chance to actually put things right, but he didn't. So um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, to me, it's more than politics and trying to blame whether it's national, whether it's Labour or anything else. It's, you've got to look at the, the here and the now. And, and um, Minister Clark has had plenty of opportunity and he's had plenty of information supplied to him from doctors and midwives and nurses, not just from your everyday public, average, average public Joe. He's had the information from professionals in the industry saying, hey, this isn't going to work and you're going to have blood on your hands if this isn't fixed. And... Um, and he just hasn't answered. So, yeah, I'm angry at David Clark because I've written to him myself as well. I'm involved in, in local body politics and, and the like, so I've been quite involved in, in trying to fix this myself. And I've had written countless letters and had no answer. And we've invited him to come to meetings. We've asked him to front up. Um, and they're just it's, it's been falling on deaf ears, really.